So you've come here for the truth. Well, we've got the truth and nothing but the truth. Here are your hosts, Robert A. Bianchi and David J. Bruno. Welcome to WMTR Radio. It's nothing but the truth with your host, Bob Bianchi and Dave Bruno, every Saturday at 10.30 a.m. And, of course, on Wednesdays, we drop the podcast. It's a show about mindset. Two lawyers from New Jersey. Who would think? Talking about a show about mindset. But welcome back to our audience. Always appreciate your support. Today, you know, we have the best of the best in terms of mindset, both personal success and professional success. And today, I bring to you, we bring to you, Brian Breach. Uh, He is a creator. He's an entertainer. He's a serial entrepreneur. I love that. I want to get into that. And very impressively, of course, with all of his career, as a recent TED Talk speaker, started off his, uh, in the music industry. We're actually talking about some stories about that before we actually went live. And he has been profiled and featured on various news networks like Fox, MSNBC, CNN, ABC, Inside Edition, and many other media outlets. Dave, uh, you're the first one who met Brian and, and said, we got to have this guy on the show. So if you don't mind, if you make an introduction to Brian, it'd be appreciated. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I was fortunate enough to hear Brian's TED Talk today. And uh, one of the points that he emphasized in the talk is about networking and associations and opportunity brings opportunity. And look, the, it, another example of this is the way that Brian and I connected. And that I was down in Miami. Um, I was down for an NFT conference, Elevator Night with Dan Fleshman. And we had the opportunity to be introduced. Uh, We shared a ride to the event as well. And we've been friends ever since. And uh, it's so exceptional to see everything you're doing, Brian, on social media. Um, Because look, social media is, is so important to branding. And in the TED Talk in 2018, Brian was on the stage talking about social media even back then. And we all knew it. But who would have thought we went through COVID, that we got shut down, when social media was really the outlet for everybody to connect and grow. And nobody's done it better than Brian, and he's made a career out of it as an influencer, a brander in marketing. And I had the opportunity to meet Brian. We've been friends ever since. So Brian, thank you for coming to Nothing But The Truth with Bob and I. And I look forward to this discussion. Yeah, gentlemen, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. What's funny is that, you know, uh, on the TED Talk that was 2018, I was talking about social media. We had an independent label and I was talking about social media long before that as well. I had a, one of my best friends that I ran the label with, Lex One, he actually had a platinum record. I forgot around the time frame, but it must have been around, I don't know, maybe 2011-ish, 2012. Even with a platinum record and touring like 80 some odd countries, they wouldn't sign him because at that time he had a low social media following. So just imagine that you have a platinum record, you're blowing up, you're touring all over the freaking country. And they won't sign you because your social media following isn't where it should be. Just imagine that. So these are the times we're living in. You got to you gotta go hard on social media. You got to brand yourself. You got to network, get out there. And that's when opportunities start to come. Great equalizer in my mind. I mean, think about it, especially in the hip hop world, the music world, which you have experience in. And, and Brian's been on stage with Nas and, and Outkast and nerds and, and various different um, big labels um, sharing the stage, opening up for them. And back in the day, it was about A&R. It was about being on the radio and getting spins and knowing the right people. Nowadays, it's unbelievable. You see people like Justin Bieber. He, he literally was founded on YouTube. 
Um, the dude was putting out stuff, and it happens more and more every single day. Um, I just had a post yesterday that went viral, right? It's like 60,000 people that saw my post just because Instagram chose to push it. And this is the world that we're in nowadays. And Brian, you're the best of the best. Can you articulate a little bit why that's so important, that branding on social? I mean, I mean, literally, it's everything. And there are a lot of people. I've been on phone calls just endlessly for the last couple of weeks. You know, I just launched my new company, Make Me Viral Media. I've been on phone calls endlessly where people aren't getting the opportunities that they're supposed to be getting because they're not branding themselves on social media. For example, I had one gentleman I was talking to yesterday. He wants to put out a course, and he's like a you know top twenty-five sales trainer in all of the country, but no one knows who this guy is, and he's about to launch a course. How is he going to launch the course and how are people going to you know, feel him as trustworthy if he hasn't branded himself on social media? And there's all sorts of tricks. I, you just mentioned one of your videos went viral. Instagram decided to push it up in the algorithm. I love hearing stuff like that because I get paid nowadays. It, it was weird how it all happened. I did my TED talk and then I got an opportunity to start speaking around the country. And a friend of mine, he calls me up and he's like, hey, we would uh, we'd love to have you speak at this glass house mansion in the Hamptons. He goes, what would you speak about? My TED talk was about how to survive without a job through failure. And he's like, what else would you speak about? I was like, well, I just went viral recently. I had a video go viral. He goes, that's it. I want you to speak about how to go viral. So what you just said about getting 60,000 views and why they decided to push you up in the algorithm, there's tricks and tips to getting a video to go viral. The number one trick is to get people to watch your video past like the 10 or 15 second mark. Once you get past the watch time and the 10 or 15 second, second mark, Instagram or TikTok will decide to push that to a bigger algorithm and that's how you gain traction on your videos and the best way to do it is on TikTok and Reels because when it gets pushed it goes beyond your followers so if you have 30,000 followers it goes into this whole other algorithm feed where the world can see it if you just kind of kind of get the right maneuvering going on so I love hearing stuff like that that's amazing I love the topic I really do love this topic and I love it for one of the big reasons is that Bianchi Law Group from 2013 to 2020, all the way to COVID, we relied exclusively on referral business. And we did a good job. We're in the national media. We have a presence in the national media, but that never really translated digitally. Um, and then we had the wake-up call. It was the aha moment. COVID stops. The phone's ringing. The courthouses go, go dark. And Bob and I had to reinvent ourselves. And we looked to social media. We looked to digital ads. We looked to the digital world uh, to solve our problems. And really, it's been a great development in our practice as well. Bob? Yeah. So I'll tell you, I, I'm all in. Um, but I come from a different generation. I'm curious about your generational perspective. Uh, I am a, a president of a national organization uh, that is the oldest and largest Italian-American organization, the Order of Sons and Daughters of Italy in America, uh, in the United States. And we're actually branching out into Rome and Palermo, Italy. So very, very proud. But you're dealing with an older demographic, um, Brian. You're dealing with people who don't call them, they call themselves, well, we're not techie and uh, we never did it this way before. And I'm trying to explain to them that you've got to be on social media because there's no honor in not having eyeballs 
on the millions of dollars that we give to charities and scholarships to kids. And also, uh, just I'm curious about your thoughts. I didn't know we were going to go here, but since you are an expert, um, they, they don't understand sometimes why we're not getting younger members. And, and I think I understand. I think that when you look at the website or the media, it's not providing that kind of value to younger people uh, because we're not concentrating enough on it. Now, we are now that I'm president, but we're starting from the beginning. So how do you speak to the older generations about, look, you may not, like I say all the time, you may not know it, you may not know how to do it. Trust me, we're going to get somebody that's going to do it, do it well so that we're more prominent out there. But do you do you notice that pushback from the older generations? You know, I don't want to say as much. So so during COVID, what I saw is that, and when I, when I literally say this, what I saw during COVID is that everyone from kids to mothers to grandparents to uncles to cousins to 90-year-olds are literally taken to TikTok as they were home for, what, year, two years or whatever it was. And what else is there to do but social media during that time? So it's not that I saw pushback. I've seen people that are 70, 80 years old, literally blowing up on social media and almost starting new careers. I see there was this one guy, he was shooting videos with his grandmother and the grandmother became like this TikTok celebrity. So not that I've seen pushback, maybe every once in a while I hear someone say, you know, I'm bad at social media. And then I step in and I kind of teach them the ropes and show them the ropes and show them what needs to be done. But I feel like that, uh, technology and social media is integrated so much in our society that I feel like it's almost catching up to everybody now. And you kind of got to be on board. Now, obviously, there's a few careers where you don't need it. So that's where the disconnect comes in. So I don't know, maybe if you're someone selling cars, you're at a car dealership, you're making 300000 per year. Maybe you don't need social media, really, in order for those customers to come in and you're selling cars. And I'm sure there's plenty of businesses out there. You know, if you're, you're cutting logs, I don't know. There's so many... There's so many genres out there where you don't need social media, but if you want to brand yourself personally, you want to be omnipresent, you're going to have to do it. So I haven't seen too much pushback. I feel like it's naturally being integrated in our lives. And, you know, as as time goes on, the older generation, I mean, what's going to happen is all these young 20 year olds now, they're going to be 80 still on social media. So it's going to kind of, you know, it's going to be integrated in everybody's lives really soon. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned the, uh, the COVID because the pushback that we do get as an organization, like why are we investing our time, energy, and, and treasure in social media and websites because they're not quote-unquote techie yet. I said, you know, every one of you seemed to be able to get on that Zoom when the COVID hit. And, you know, obviously you don't know how to use a computer. All seemed to find a way to get there when it was something that meant something to you. So I, that resonates with me, what you said. Dave? Yeah, just look at the revenue from these platforms on advertising. I mean, the money flows to where the eyeballs are. And simply put, right, when you talk about Google, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all the money's going there. All the businesses, goods, services are advertising on there. And they're only doing it for one reason, because that's where everybody is. And after COVID, we took to our phones, we took to our computers, and uh, it's just so much volume and so much opportunity there. But um, a, a minute and a half uh, before the break, Brian, talk to us a little bit about that TED Talk. What was it about? Yeah, so that, I mean, the TED Talk was a crazy experience. That was actually my first time ever speaking on a stage. Now, I performed music before, and when you perform music, it's a whole different thing. You could bring water on the stage, you could do backflips, you could take a nap if you want. You could literally pause the whole crowd. When you're on a TED Talk, it is 12 minutes verbatim, no water no mistakes and it's nerve-wracking so but it was an amazing experience the ted talk was about 
how to survive without a job through failure. I'm going on my 12th or 13th year of being fired from my last nine to five, which was Kaiser University as an online admissions advisor in 2008. And I've had, and the day that I got fired, I've never went back to a nine to five since. So I kind of tell my journey a little bit about what I went through, some of the things I had to do to stay afloat during that time. And just all the things I learned during those, I mean, three years ago would have been, uh, what, nine years or 10 years, but um, I just went through my whole journey on what I had to go through to keep surviving without a nine to five, uh, hustles that I had to do, you know, mindset that you have to have to stay afloat because it's not easy. You can't, if, if you're an entrepreneur and you don't have a nine to five, you have no steady income coming in. If you don't work and you do not hustle, you will be homeless. So you have to get in the right mindset. You got to motivate yourself. You got to get up every day. You got to stay focused and you just got to kind of move forward. So that was kind of the gist and the basis of what the TED Talk was about. All right. That's awesome. If you don't move, you're going to be homeless. We're going to talk a lot about mindset on the other end of the break. You're listening to Bob Bianchi, Dave Bruto, WMTR Radio. It's nothing but the truth. Hang out. We'll find out how not to be homeless. We'll be right back. <laughs> At the Bianchi Law Group, our team of former prosecutors and certified criminal trial attorneys specialize in criminal defense and domestic violence cases. When you need a law firm with courage, compassion, and the commitment to fight for you, call the Bianchi Law Group today. All right, welcome back to WMTR Radio, Something But The Truth. We have Brian Breach with us. He was just talking to us on the other end of the break about how not to be homeless. So, uh, Dave, I know you're going to have some questions about that. Who wants to be, you know, no, no disrespect to the homeless, of course, but the point is being made about how mindset is so important to succeed, especially when you're down. Absolutely. The TED Talk is titled, How to Survive Without a Job Through Failure. And I think that failure is an important discussion here because we're, we've all experienced it. And really, it's important how we deal with failure. And I know that was a topic. So why don't we go into it? Um, what, what have you learned through your failures to put you in the seat that you're at right now, influencer? Uh, what have you learned? And more importantly, talking to Dave Bruno, of course. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I hate sounding cliche. You know, all the top mentors and gurus say the same thing. You have to fail. You have to fail. But it, I mean, it's the truest statement. There's no other way to word it. You literally have to fail. That's how you learn every single step of the way. Um, me, I just, you know, it's been embedded in me since I was a young kid. I mean, literally, I'm not even exaggerating. Probably since I came out of my mother's womb, I was in the, the, the nursery ward trying to sell breast milk to other babies, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I'm always, I'm always in the mindset of hustling. And I'm not even exaggerating when I say when I was in first grade, I was making paper airplanes and selling them. When I was in fourth grade, I went to the store and I bought a kit to make bracelets and I was selling them. I, when I was in seventh grade and eighth grade, I went to the corner store and I was buying candy for a quarter and I was flipping it for 50 cents. So it's just something that's kind of always been embedded in me. I don't know if it's in my blood or whatnot, or I saw my dad's work ethic or whatever it is, but I always kept pushing forward. But when I was fired from that nine to five, I was terrified. I'm not going to lie. I had no, I had no recourse. And the issue with the, with being fired from the nine to five was that my arrests happened two years before that. And when I was fired, they told me, you know what? We love you, Brian. You're just not kind of performing like you used to, but we love you to go work on campus. You'll get hired over there. When I went to go get hired on campus, thinking it was going to be an easy thing, they ran my background, which was the weirdest thing for me because I've already been within the company for four years. And he's like, sorry, we can't bring you on board. I'm like, why? He goes, we did a background check. And I was like, huh? I was like, I've been here two years after that stuff happened. They never fired me. Why would you not hire me now? And they wouldn't hire me. So 
My mindset then was, wow, I'm not even going to be able to get a job at McDonald's. No one was going to hire me. So what do you do? You, I was always an entrepreneur throughout that whole thing. Even though I had nine to five, I always had a side hustle going on. So I had to figure it out really quick. And I started hustling, doing all kinds of things that I, you know, I was just trying to figure things out. Then we started an independent label. And then we, we started performing, trying to get paid for that. Then I started throwing independent hip hop shows, trying to get paid for that. Um, that turned into a clothing line, trying to get money for that. So it was like a consistent flow of trying to figure out what was going to work, what was going to make money uh, for me so I could survive. And I was just entrepreneur, entrepreneur, just different businesses, different things that we were trying. We started a printing business. After nine months, we got kicked out of this warehouse. And that was another mistake I made not to sign a lease. And it was just one mistake after another. But each one led me down to, or excuse me, led me to the next thing. And eventually success hit. But you got to be consistent and you got to just, you got to go after it. You can't just sit there and do nothing. You got to move. So when did that big, yeah, when did that big break come for you? You know, all those other companies that led to what? What was it that just went boom? What's interesting is that I don't want to say it was ever a big break. So what, what I did, you know, and again, and a lot of top entrepreneurs, they'll tell you different things. Don't save money. Immediately get rid of it. Immediately invest. Well, you know what? Saving money saved my ass. So throughout all those years, I was stacking up money. I was putting money away. And when things weren't rolling in for me, I knew I had that $40,000 cushion, $50,000 cushion just sitting there. And it literally, it literally saved me. So it wasn't like a moment. While we were doing the independent label, the one thing that I learned was how to grow social media for our independent label guys. So we had like eight people. So I would spend time growing everybody's Twitter. We were growing everybody's SoundCloud. And then my one of my best friends, Alex Cruz, he's like, why don't we turn this into a business? Why are we just doing it for free for everybody else? Let's turn it into a business. So there was a point where I was running like 100 Instagram accounts and all my computers in front of me looked like the matrix. So I'm like, wow. I finally took an actual skill, an income producing skill, and I'm turning it into money. And I loved it. When I did the printing business, I hated it. I didn't understand it. It wasn't the matrix to me. Social media was the matrix for me. So when I started growing other people's accounts, it made so much sense because I spent so many years growing everybody else's and others. Then during the pandemic, instead of just growing some social media pages, I started expanding um, what I was able to do for people. And that turned into more, turned into more, and then that turned into psyche and that turned into make me viral media. And now legitimate money is actually rolling in. So I took this one skill, I added all these other services because I understood it. And by the way, when I went viral, I learned what it was like to get on press. I learned what it was like to get on major publications and, and be on the news and all that stuff. So I was able to duplicate that success for other people. And that was kind of the moment where I'm like, okay, I finally, finally figured this thing out. Music wasn't working. Clothing line wasn't working. Printing business wasn't working. The label wasn't working. Social media is something I finally understand and I can convert into helping others. Wow. I mean, I got a lot to, uh, a lot of questions. You can answer any, any way, shape or form. At least it was popping into my head. Uh, the first is you didn't stop. You kept going. And you were looking for funding, and, and, and I think that some people are afraid to, to do that, and what does that mean? And then ultimately, how did you wind up being able to be a TED speaker? I mean, that's a, an amazing feat as well. So any one or all of those questions is, is on my mind. Yeah, I, I'd love to go to the TED, the TED speaker one, because it's a really funny story. Um, I actually call it um, Two Girls in One Table. That's the story. Um, you know, it's, it's a play on words on the two girls in one cup. It's a joke, but long, very long story short, how I became a TED speaker, a friend of mine, and we're grownups at this point. He's like, I need you to help me move. Come on. When you get to a certain age, and I'm not saying I was old, I'm just saying like, 
ah, oh, come on, man. Hire somebody. I'm not trying to Hell help yeah. you. <laughs> so we ended up going to his brother's house to pick up a table. Not going to lie. There was a cute girl there. Uh, turns out that they asked us to come back. Say we're having a party later. We went back to his house and they were rushing me to get back. I didn't have time to go home change. And I don't like going to any kind of event or gathering with dirt on my face. But I ended up going back. The girl wasn't there. But another girl was who was somebody that my friend used to date. During during the time that I was there, she brought up that she actually works for um, the hospital that is hosting a TED Talk, and she thinks I should submit. Now, if that conversation didn't come up, and we didn't talk about it for 10, 20 minutes that night, never in a million years would I have ever known that there was a TED Talk going on. So um, I ended up going home. I submitted and I was very prepared. I mean, I, I had everything laid out. I even created a PowerPoint before everybody. And I got chosen out of 62 applicants. And then it, it was just the most amazing experience. We had like seven weeks of rehearsals. Then a year later, they loved my TED Talk so much that they brought me back to be a judge for other TED Talk speakers on the following year. So great experience. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. And it led to all my other speaking engagements. And I'm, I'm speaking coming up at the Crypto Connect event, August 20 and 24. First, I mean, I just spoke for a group of realtors in Orlando speaking at the Web3 Summit and a T-Week I just spoke at. So it all literally came from that TED Talk and the combination of that viral video and not letting the momentum die from those, those two things. That's what I kept doing. I just kept spinning the momentum into other things, other things. And as I keep posting on social media, people see it and more opportunity comes in for me. Use your word, Dave, momentum. I love it. Keep up the momentum. It's, it's a frequent post of mine. I'm sure you see that, Brian. I mean, you know what's unbelievable, too, is like you've, you have so many accomplishments. And th there are so many people, there's so many people out there that may not relate to all of them. You may hit on one. Like for me, um, it was the TED Talk. When I first saw that about you, I was like, this guy is the real right. deal. You know, highlight, a highlight for me here is, Brian, you have so many great accomplishments out there. And with so many people viewing all of your accolades and accomplishments, they may not all be relatable to everyone. Um, the TED Talk for me was the game changer. Like the, when I saw that immediately on your profile, I knew that you were the real deal. I knew that to be on that stage, you have to have value. You have to be able to show your worth, you know? And I think that a big takeaway from Brian and all the things that he's accomplished is he's never stopped. He's, he's just got so many things out there that may be relatable to one or others, and one might be more important to others. Bob? Yeah, so Brian, where where's the energy coming from, brother? I can feel it come bouncing off you. Very a lot of positivity. Obviously, a courageous spirit that sees fear and despair and does not uh, get daunted and fall down in a hole and cry. Why is me? I see a guy who's going to kill it no matter what he's doing, and if he doesn't kill it, he's going to learn from it and he's going to kill something else. Where's that coming from, my man? I, honestly, I, I really believe it's came from my adversities in life. I mean, I mean, from a young age, I mean, it was, it was pretty crazy what happened. My mom was, you know, super abusive when I was younger. Um, she ended up contracting HIV and we moved to Florida and she passed away of AIDS. My, the guy that was living with us, who was like a stepfather to me, he was killed. And then just so many family members after that was just one after another was passing away. And I so much loss. And I just realized, I mean, you know, the, the, the cliche phrase, life is so short. You just got to go in. You got to keep getting to what you want to get. You know, you can't you can't grieve too long. You just got to go. And that's the only way to do it. You got to be like a like an engine, like like Walter White says in Breaking Bad. Nothing stops this train. 
nothing. So you just got to keep moving forward. What else can you do in life? And when you go through these adversities, what are you going to do? You're going to sit home and cry and waste time. You're going to let hours and days and months go by. You know, we've all had adversities. We'd all, we've all had heartbreaks, but we need to get to where we want to be in life. And it's, it's literally as simple as that. Well, I, I, I just, you know, it, it's kind of reminds me, I used to be an EMT and, and worked in an ambulance company for many years. And part of our job was transporting people to go to uh, prolonged visits at medical stays and dialysis and things like that. And at a young age, I was a teenager when I started that. I don't know, you, you, you're talking and it just reminded me of this. And you would see some people that had such resiliency of spirit. When you would get the ticket from your dispatcher and you knew, oh, one of them was Mary Shaw. I got Mary Shaw today. She's awesome. She'd be like, oh, how's college going, honey? And how you doing? She always felt empowered. And of course, others who, who you understood why they were negative. And I never did anything in my life. My life in the end means nothing. Or what did I accomplish? And I, I think when I look at that, I look at my own life. I'm like, I never want an adversity to say it defined me. I want to at least go down swinging. I want to at least uh, pivot and, and, and be positive about doing something new, something different, not rest in my comfort zone, things of that nature. Even if I fail, at least I did it. And I, I think your spirit's pretty much the same. No, 100%. And I love what you said about pivoting because, you know, that was a key moment in my life as well. I was doing music for all those years and I hit a ceiling. I wasn't getting to where I wanted to get. And I remember, I was doing music for a year, probably since high school. And, and all of a sudden, I'm just pumping money into it. I'm not getting the, the results that I wanted. And I literally made a conscious decision. I'm like, I'm already verified on social media. I already have a little bit of a following. So it's time to pivot. And I made a conscious decision to start shooting like, you know, more of comedic content, putting it out there. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know the negative, the negativity it was going to bring or people were going to be like, what is Brian doing? This is corny. And I'm sure I got plenty of that stuff. But I wrote on a whiteboard saying you got one year to go viral. And if you don't go viral, you're going to pivot out of something else. And it was like, I don't want to say it was a depressing time. It was exciting, but it was sad because I was leaving like the first love of mine music, uh, uh, you know, putting it behind me and I'm moving forward. And then a year later, something hits, it goes viral. Uh, the TED Talk hit and all these opportunities kept coming my way. So imagine if I just would have, you know, if I didn't pivot out of it and I don't believe in quitting, I believe in the word pivoting because if something's not working, you're not quitting. You're figuring out another path, figuring out another solution. And I figured it out and it just worked. Thank God it worked. You know, it was a lot of skill, but it was a little bit of luck, I'm sure, mixed in there. But it was also my strength and my perseverance that made the momentum continue. And that's what created all these opportunities. I've got Brian Breach, man. I wish we had another uh, hour with you. I love the energy, my man. Uh, really, yeah, I really appreciate being here. This is WMTR Radio. It's nothing but the truth with Bob Bianchi and Dave Bruno every Saturday at 1030. Dave, talk to us about when this podcast will drop. Sure, we're on the radio on Saturdays, but the podcast and the web series drops on Wednesdays, nothingbutthetruthpodcast.com, where you could subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, on iTunes, and Google Podcasts. Uh, Brian, it's been a great pleasure. You delivered the value as I knew you would. And uh, thanks for joining us. You know, you know what I say from now on in our podcast, but I only say it to Brian, it's only a joke, folks. We get to watch the podcast, either be there or be homeless. <laughs> <laughs> and I have no doubt, I have no doubt that when that podcast drops and that video drops, that's going viral. Right, Brian? <laughs> oh, it's going, it's going viral, gentlemen. All right. You got it. <laughs> Take thanks, care. Brian. Great job, man. Love the story. Oh, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you guys so much for having me. Love, love uh, the show. Appreciate you, my friend.
The Bianchi Law Group, a team of former prosecutors and certified criminal trial attorneys. But here's the thing. He put himself in a box when he said... My relied on by CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, Law and Crime, and news leaders across the country for our criminal defense expertise. In a search warrant, you have to have probable cause that a crime's been committed and there's evidence in a particular place. When you need a law firm with courage, compassion, and the commitment to fight for you, call the Bianchi Law Group today.